everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. For today, Barrett Sully joining us here at the bottom of this hour. Jake Crane joining us in hour number two. Yeah, looking forward to talking with both uh, Barrett and Jake about not just Auburn season opener on Saturday. Oh no, Mercer, I mean there are, there are a lot of interesting things. Yeah, everything going on around the around the SEC and around college football, not just the games from this past weekend, but uh, the uh, the big matchups for this coming weekend, Labor Day weekend, the uh, kickoff for most of the teams in college football, and we'll talk with Jake and Barrett about uh, their uh, you know what, what they're looking forward to this weekend. And uh, we'd love for you to join in and. Hour number one of The Drive is brought to you, as usual, by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline. That's how you can get through to us on the Kia of Auburn hotline. And that number is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on The Drive text box, presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're inching closer uh, to the start of the season for the 2022 Auburn Tigers. Right, Bill? Uh, yes, that is right. We uh, talked yesterday a little bit about the the depth chart that was released. And, uh, you know, we can we can talk more about it. If you have any, you have any thoughts, questions about that? What are you looking forward to on Saturday? What sort of questions? Acknowledging that it's Mercer. Yeah. Right. And and that you don't want to you want to be careful about. Projecting. Oh, sure. You, you can't get too optimistic or or if it's sort of sluggish. I mean, you've seen those kinds of games in very, very good seasons for championship teams where it's not great there in the first game. But no, I mean, I want to see how T.J. Finley operates the offense. It was the 2017 Auburn Tigers uh, that played, yeah, a, played Mercer. Played Wasn't a pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty close game against Mercer a yeah. couple weeks into, into the like, season. What was it, a 24-10 or something it, like was that? It 24, was it 24, was it 21-14? Wasn't it, wasn't it, it was a 7 it, it, it was not comfortable. I think Mercer had not. the ball down 7 late. Maybe, like, yeah. I think Mercer had the ball down 7 with the chip, but they would have had to go... 80 or 90 yards to tie the game, and they didn't do it. But, but no, that was a uh, – I wanted Cam Petway getting like 40 carries in that game sounds right. Get, you know, it was a game where, where Auburn ran Petway a lot in the, in the 17th season. But anyways, no, the point is, you know, acknowledging that you, you don't want to get uh, – you, you don't want to overreact to what you see this weekend. What are you looking forward to? What are you hopeful to see? I'm, I'm curious – just like everyone else, I want to see how T.J. Finley plays. Yeah, that's T- what I said. I, I want to see how he operates the offense. I mean, there may not be a ton of passes if Auburn can run, and they've got a good stable of running backs. I'm not saying I want to see Tank carry the ball 25 times, but, I, you know, it'd be great if you get if uh, you could be successful with, you know, Tank getting 15 to 20 carries and then Jarquez Hunter and Damari Austin getting 10 each or something and then and, uh, see how – you know, see how play action passes and things like that look. I, 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 I'm just interested in seeing how it looks there with the um, sort of the the refurbished T.J. Finley at quarterback. And how much they want to use any other quarterback, if at all, in the first half against Mercer is an interesting one, too. I would not be surprised, Bill. Maybe I'm in the minority among Auburn fans here. I wouldn't be surprised if T.J. Finley took every snap at quarterback. I would in, not in the, be in stunned. In the first half. No, I wouldn't wanted... be stunned at all. I, you know, depending on how the game's going. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'd almost expect it unless it is really just, you know, uh, you know, a hot knife through 
through butter. Or if they have a Robbie Ashford play that they want. You know what I mean? If there's a Robbie uh, Ashford why, play why, why, why waste that? You're why right. waste that if it's just a play or two? You're right. Well, if it, yeah, if there's just one or two. If they have a, you know, a Robbie Ashford sequence or a Robbie Ashford package or something, maybe they would kick the tires on that in, in the first half, too. But no, I, I don't think it's, hey, let's evaluate all three quarterbacks or let's take an extended look at Robbie to see if he can beat out T.J. Finley. I think they're going to use this as a chance to improve the offense that they're going to take into the Penn State game and into the LSU game and, and take to, to Georgia in the second half of the season. And if that's T.J. Finley at the quarterback spot, and it sounds like it is, uh, if, if it's TJ, then getting him as many reps as possible. What, what is there any question in your mind no. now? You don't believe the depth chart? What do no, you mean? I'm if saying if, if if the if the plan oh, okay. all season long, we know we know what the start of the season is. What I'm saying is if the, if the plan all season long is TJ, then it's very important to get him as many reps as possible. Which is sort of why, as I said before, I think TJ is going to play. Uh, you know, I, I would I would expect TJ the plan to be TJ plays the whole first half. I think at, you do at, need. At yeah, I think you need to get him in the offense working together as much as possible against somebody other than Auburn. Absolutely. And and as Brian Harson pointed out to us a week and a half ago, this will be the first time the quarterback is playing contact football. Uh, you know, this is the first time or at least tackle football. I guess they're allowed to touch each other. It's not it's not non-contact football in the in camp, but this is the first time that the quarterbacks are live and and they're playing tackle football and that that could be a, you know it, it'll be interesting to see how TJ responds to that as well you know because that's something he hasn't faced since the the Houston game and uh, that's that's you know as as much as as he's developed and as much as they've talked about the ways he's improved it's been you know with with uh, uh, you know with without live rounds you know going off uh, on the field so uh, yeah i think it's uh it's, this is this is a great chance for uh, tj to showcase some of that development and some of that improvement and i'm i'm interested to see and it goes along with tj finley uh, that i'm interested to see how these receivers have improved i'm interested to see right. how auburn uh, you know the the work that auburn has put in at uh, bringing in a couple of new receivers to compete camden brown and coy moore will be uh, featured Pretty early, I imagine, and then and then you've got some starters that have been in the system, or some players that have been in the system for a couple of years. How have they improved with uh, with Ike Hilliard uh, having joined uh, in the offseason? So yeah, I, I want to see how the passing game has has evolved uh, since the last time uh, Auburn was uh, was on the field. But how disappointed would you be if Auburn runs for four hundred yards and they only have to throw it like twelve times yeah, or something? That's that's, that's it's that's, like I mean, there'll be some people that'll go well, then you know. That that was a bad game. Well, it was the threat of the throw. passing game that backed the defense yeah. off, Bill. That's why the that's why they were able to run the ball like that. No, I, I think if uh, I mean you're right. It's 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 all sort of you know the end game is offense, not passing offense or or rushing offense. But you know it does at least at least with what Auburn brings in the the talent at running back would indicate that you know you'd think the passing offense is under the gun a little bit more to improve. But at the same time, I, I mean, think I think they need to run it better than they did a year ago. Yes, now they, the thing it, is. Auburn got off to a great start against inferior competition running the ball a year ago. It was in conference play that they couldn't run. So, again, don't uh, um, just, just, just hope that we get to see a lot of players getting some experience. You come out with a, a win where you're not uh, you know, pulling your hair out there at the end of the ball game, and you're healthy going into game two. That's, that's a- probably the best thing to hope for. That it's, I, I posted in my, in my little uh, thing with Brian uh, what, what I'm sort of hoping, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's just a, a fairly methodical victory just you know that that would be fine with me it doesn't have to be i don't have to see 
everybody having an 80-yard touchdown. I mean, I'd, I sure I wouldn't mind seeing some big plays. I want to see the defense could could uh, uh, have a glitch or two. That this Mercer offense, you know, caused some problems for Alabama the last time they played them. It's uh, not something you're going to see every time out. Uh, so, uh, you know, I just just would like to see. Solid play, and then if something's working for the other team, adjustments made. I'd like to see adjustments made on both sides if needed. Yeah, I think there's, um, I think I think there's something to the idea that even if the defense were to struggle initially, you know, you, you got to keep in mind it's it's an unusual sort of Mercer attack. At the same time, you would expect Auburn to have the advantage. It, th- this is a well, they, they definitely do right. This is sort of, I mean, again, if if it were a Power 5 opponent or a conference opponent, maybe you wouldn't ask this question, but with the schedule the way it is, do you think, and with the fact that you've got Jarquez Hunter coming off of, you know, whatever injuries sort of derailed the second half of last season for him, and Damari Alston, who's mm-hmm. picked up steam as, uh, as, as fall camp has gone along, do you look at these first two games as a chance to get, uh, to get Tank Bigsby out Early, if Auburn is is sort of, com- I mean, do you, do you think it's a, or, or even even with the first team offense, do you think it's may, maybe you don't use Tank Bigsby as much in these first two games as you would if it were a, a big a, a power yeah, five opponent? Yeah, I, I think or, you, I think you know what so I mean. Too. Like I mean, you you want you want um, you you don't want to um, short change Tank here in the first couple of games, but I don't want to overuse him either. And this and this could be an opportunity to give. Uh, to, to give Hunter and Alston carries right. too, presumably, and maybe even Sean Jackson if, if he's if he's in the mix. But I think that's uh, it's it's not just about wanting to preserve Tank Bigsby. It's also if if you're going to use more than just Tank Bigsby at running back this year, these two games represent a chance to to get those guys you know s- some action against uh, you know against a first team defense and working with the first team offense maybe. So I, I don't know that that was something that I wondered about you know when I when I saw the schedule and certainly uh, as as we've seen uh, the the way they've used the running backs. I mean on on Saturday, we we've discussed how on on Saturday at practice they held off on using some of the starters a lot, mm-hmm. and Tank Bigsby was clearly like he's he's one of those guys that they. I mean, I don't know. They how know much, what he can do. Tank Bigsby yeah. did. He did a little bit of work in the individual drills. I don't, I don't know if he played at all in the seven on sevens or eleven on elevens, and, and that's um you know that that's that's an indication I think that they think he's ready to go and and yeah I want, I wonder how much tank you'll see in these in these first two games especially if Auburn can get comfortable leads enough to get him a few yards I would think you know um you know if he if he can get to 100 yards in 12 carries 15 carries uh I, I think I think it, they'd probably like for him to be able to show you know some numbers that people go, oh, he's off to a good start. You'd love a spark from Damari or Jarquez, though. Oh yeah, too, right. I yeah. mean, I mean, those those are both guys that uh, that, that I think you'll see uh, m- moving forward, and and, the, and these first two games that you know a chance to uh, to get them extended time. All right, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let's get to a call before our first break, and Tommy gets us started. Hey, Tommy. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Hey, uh, I miss Coach Furlow this time of year. You know, he has such great. Uh, you're not kidding. In history on coaches or where they were, where it was merging and regions. It just anyway, you guys do a good job, and so does Jason Caldwell. But I do miss him in the football season. Oh yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. He he knew everybody. Uh, you know, we sort of count on Scott Bagwell um, to to fill us in on everything regarding uh, you know local and then statewide high school football. Th- thank thank you for mentioning Chuck. Absolutely, we, yeah, we, we miss him all the time. Always thinking of him. Yeah, Scott does a good job too. Hey, what I was really calling about. I, 
is it am I correct that Alan Green's annual salary was like six hundred twenty five thousand? I believe that's, that was what the uh, the last contract he signed was. Yes, I believe so. Doesn't that seem a little low? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know I mean, what what uh, the the average would, or the going rate if, if for an SEC AD is. If it's low, that would explain why he was always interviewing for other jobs. You know, trying uh, to maybe trying to go go get some uh, really good market value. I should have known this. Maybe I did and forgot. But Bruce Pearl is the highest paid coach on the in the athletic department. I believe at five point one million. Um. Yeah. I. I I think that's. Carson's at five million. I, I would think that makes sense. I think Bruce is. I think Bruce has earned that. He's earned every penny of it. <laughs> I guess my, my point. My point was uh, Alan Green salaries. I had thought I'd read or saw somewhere that you know certain athletic directors making over a million, and I was just wondering if I'm sure Auburn's going to be willing to pay more if needed to get a top quality AD. But anyway, just. Alan Green was so. Alan Green was the lowest paid AD in the conference in 2018 when, when he arrived. Yeah, I see the 2018. Um, but but he'd was. also he'd also never been an AD before at a Power Five school, and he was newly arrived. You know, at, at a place that had a, a lot of of. I mean, he was making a hundred thousand dollars less than Joe Oliva, right? Who has you know a lot a lot of experience as a. As but a he Power was only five. making fifty thousand less than Greg McGarity at Georgia. It's true. No, so I'm, so I'm saying it's. I mean, it's so so I can I can understand. Yes, it, it's odd to hear that he's. The, the lowest paid AD in the conference upon arrival. At the same time, th- there are a lot of experienced and established ADs ar- around the league. Or, or, there, there certainly were in, in 2018. I guess my point is I hope Auburn's, I hope money is not going to be an issue in getting a top-quality guy. Yeah, you would hope not. Thanks, thanks, thanks for taking my call. Hey, appreciate it, Tommy. 334-321-1390. We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Come on in and join us as we continue here on the Tuesday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. I've got, I've got to talk a little bit about this. I get two phone calls mm. at about 2.20. All right, so uh, I, I went, went to our friends at the orthopedic clinic. Got an, got an MRI coming up tomorrow. I'm going to get this thing figured out. Uh, I'm, con- I'm, just got to, I'm convincing myself that it's not just age, that there's something in there that can be, that can be taken care of. I'm going to predict I, I think you've torn something in your knee. I, I, I think you've I torn something like in your I knee, and, and, and the fact that the fact that it, you say it's 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 hurting more and getting worse. Well, yeah, and, and see, I mean, think, again, uh, not a doctor. No, no, and would, I need. Oh, that, to, as a matter of fact, I need to call and and probably cancel my next physical therapy appointment, which was scheduled for Friday, because I know. I mean, I've, I've got you know, I'm getting older. I mean, I've got a little. Uh, uh, osteoarthritis. I mean, you know, it happens when you get older and the joints ache, but generally if you move them, they feel better. I've got this thing that if I move it, it feels worse and then it feels worse. So anyway, uh, but anyway, so I'm, I'm on the way back, um, from that. Um, gonna go home and change before I come to the show. And I get two calls. One of them is my son who, uh, I did. I couldn't take the call from him up because I'm on the phone with my wife. I see I got a call from Doug Amos, and it's like, oh, so I I wondered if something was going on. Uh, I called Doug, 
And both he and, and my son, who had been listening, were late. Apparently the same call, somebody who called the Max Roundtable. And yesterday, all right, look, I was on there yesterday. And I got to admit, I was, I, was a little, I was a little short at times yesterday. I mean, I was dead tired. I was not feeling well. Got about an hour of sleep. But, I mean, hey, uh, I was asked, I think, Doug, was it Doug or Charlie, asked me, um, but what about how everybody is concerned or something about it was it was about uh tj um and he hadn't even you know well yeah we knew tj was the starter we didn't have the depth chart but we knew tj was the starter and i said something to the effect of look i really don't give a crap about what people are posted on social media if they've been there and watched the practice then they then they'd understand what i'm saying i said i trust my eyes more than i do People posting some things. Okay, so I mean that's what I said. I didn't think that was the most outlandish or the hottest mm-hmm. take ever, uh, but apparently somebody did and called called in today. And because yes, then Scott Scott was calling me. That's what he was calling me to tell me. I was on the way home, Dad, and I heard this say, and and apparently yeah, it was verbatim what Doug told me. Somebody called in and said, well. Bill Cameron talking about social media. So I sat behind. Apparently, he said, because both of them said it this way, I sat behind him at a basketball game, and he never got off social media. He didn't watch one play of that basketball game. He was just on social media. And it's like, buddy, you tell me where I was. I would like to read what was I tweeting? Was I, what was I, was I, I don't even know. No, I am not on social media. Well, I've got a Facebook account so that I can, so that I'll know some friends' birthdays. That's pretty much it. And that's where I, I get some pictures of my, my grand, my, my granddaughter. Well, we've, we've said on the show, you have a bunker burner, right? Like you check, you check the bunker yeah. under an anonymous, now, I am, under an anonymous. I'm, I, yeah. I will, I will, I will check scores in yeah. a ball game, especially if, but I mean, to say I didn't watch a play. Nah. And, and first of all, you sat behind me at a basketball Stood game. Stood behind you. Uh, you might have stood behind, <laughs> stood behind me. You. That's weird. you sat behind me. Well, I'm on I'm on an aisle, and the folks behind me are the same folks behind me, and that is the the behind them is the concourse. So, were you standing at the concourse? Do you have any idea what I look like? Uh, you probably don't, because <laughs> what a weird. I mean, that's just funny. Yeah. That well, no. Apparently, the point was <laughs> I don't believe a word he says because he's a liar and says he doesn't use social media, and it's like no. Nah. No, I don't. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it, it's nice to hear about things. I, I, I will say this. On my laptop at times, I will Google somebody's name on Twitter to see what they posted. Right. That's no, about I, it. I send you tweets and yeah. you like lament that you can't. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. But, but no. Um, uh, I, I, have, I, have always, I have always thought wow. it's safer for me not to have a Twitter account because I will think some things. But uh, I still remember, you know, a couple of the things my mom told me. It's like think before you speak, and now it's like once you once you post it, it ain't like mm. oh maybe somebody didn't hear it. Okay, so anyway, I will. Well, I just thought that was funny. No, well, ex- excusing the the social media aspect of it, and and getting back to TJ, <sighs> I have also been able to go to a lot of these availabilities and, yeah. and been able to watch practice, and 
As a matter of fact, speaking of the Max Roundtable, we were on the Max Roundtable. Was it a Friday or a Saturday? The first time we got to go out there for for fall practice. It, but I, I was on. Um, I was. Oh, on you the, mean you mean the very first the time? The very we got, first time fall practice. This I think it was a Friday. Uh, it, was a Friday. it was because first day of practice was a Friday. Right. That's so right. I, I was on the Max Roundtable the following Monday mm-hmm. after after getting to go to those practices. And the first thing I wanted to talk about was was how sharp T.J. Finley looked through the first couple of practices that we were able to go right. to early on. It seemed apparent that he was the quarterback with the strongest arm. He was the quarterback who was putting the ball in uh, the the most desirable spots for his teammates, uh, and and he was uh, and and he also was the first one up. You know, every time they were calling upon right. the quarterbacks to do anything, and that didn't change over the course of the fall. And he also looked, uh, I mean. Uh, Leaner, I mean, healthier. Sure. Uh, in, in oh better, yeah, you can in, you could see the difference physically. In better shape, you know. Yes. You don't want to, you know, not to get too cosmetic about it, but like he also he also looked to be uh, in in better physical shape. And uh, yeah, I think for for media people who have been able to go to these practices and see that every single day, um, it's not surprising, or it shouldn't be. No. That that T.J. Finley is eventually named the first team quarterback because it didn't seem and it didn't seem like the reps were increasing for the other guys as fall practice went on either. It wasn't like it went from, well, T.J. Finley was getting the bulk of them, and now it's 50-50 between him and Robbie Ashford, or 30-30-30 between uh, Ashford and, and Finley and Calzada. It was never really like that. It, it seemed like Finley may be closer to the first scrimmage, like we said yesterday, maybe closer to the first scrimmage. Calzada started to make a little bit of a push and get a few more first-team reps, but but then after that first scrimmage, it seemed like Finley had, had a really firm grip on the job, and, and that stayed true until uh, this past weekend when he was named the, the starter officially. Let's get back to the phone, because I, I know this guy has some uh, has some opinions that he doesn't mind sharing. Terry is up. Hey, Terry. Hey, Bill. Hey, Dan. How y'all doing? Doing all right, Terry. Good to hear from you. Good to talk to y'all as always. Bill, I heard the interview yesterday on the Max Roundtable. I didn't think you said anything out of the way at all. I just think they're a bunch of crybabies who need to have a Coke and a smile. Well, yeah. I, generation. I, I, well, I guess what it is is, I mean, uh, uh, it's funny just trying to find something. I mean, sure, I, I, I've been wrong. I've been, I've been wrong plenty of times. I'm just telling you what I, what I thought I saw. Well, and we're not, well, telling, you know, you how, like, we're not telling you how TJ's going to play. No. Either. I'm we're, just we're, telling you how it's looked up to now. Well, you know, you know how I equate it to Bill and Dan is people. That, I know people that call in the show and said bad things. Maybe they wouldn't use their real name, right? And I was like, well, if you're going to say something bad about me, at least use your real name. Terry, are I mean, you? I know who you are, Terry. I, not, 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 I, I know you. You may not have called about this specifically. Are you all the way out on T.J. Finley? Do you think there's a chance he could improve enough to be uh, a quality quarterback in the conference this year? I'm going to have to see it to believe it. I understand. I understand. I that. mean, I can't. I can't. Seriously, because we talk, I mean, I don't disagree with what Coach Harson said yesterday. But guys, guys do get better. That includes Auburn quarterbacks. We've seen guys get better, but if you know, right now you're comparing, you're being compared to a legend across the state and a beginning of a legend across the state line. And, and, and Terry, and you've you've thrown out there. Gonna, oh, go ahead. If you're going to let guys get better, if you're going to try to sell us on that, you better be right. Because I'll tell you, uh, TJ Finley's be better to keep Brian Harson his job. Yeah, and I think Brian Harson knows that. And you've mentioned before, Terry, a desire to see Auburn try to throw the football more successfully, right? I mean, you know, Brian Harson, that was part of the reason Brian Harson was brought in to advance the, the passing offense and, and to sophisticate things. And you had a six foot seven guy who's worked on his accuracy all offseason. You'd hope Auburn could be able to throw the football a little bit this year. The, the only way the running game will be successful and reach the potential it can is if they can complete those intermediate passes and back those guys up. I on agree. The line. But if I they, agree. But if they can, this, this, this running offense could be something special. Oh, it could be very special. 
So that, that that has to happen. That's not a maybe. That has to happen thing. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I agree with you, Terry. I agree completely. Hey, man, we're up against our bottom of the hour break. Good stuff, Terry. Good hearing from you, Terry. 334-321-1390. Now, we'll hold your calls for a little while because we're about to check in for our weekly visit with Barrett Salee. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the studio with Drew at the controls. And we'll get back to your calls on the Kia of Auburn hotline in just a little while. Right now, though, it's uh, time for us to welcome in on the Kia of Auburn hotline our good friend from CBSSports.com and SiriusXM, and that is Barrett Selly. Barrett, how you doing, man? I'm good, Bill. How are you? I'm doing fine. Sorry I missed you uh, last week. I guess I was over at a football practice. You were at a football yeah, practice, yeah, indeed. I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad you're doing better. I appreciate that. It's, uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm, I'm more excited that you got to see football practice than, than uh, that I'm healthy now. Like, we, that's, that's like huge groundbreaking news. We've been, able, we've been able to see, you know, a, a few minutes of pretty much every, you know, every practice they've, uh, or, or every day throughout fall practice, they, they've opened it up for a, uh, a few minutes for, for the media. And that's, we were saying before we brought you on, that that's part of the reason why we weren't all that shocked when T.J. Finley was named the starting quarterback because we, we've been able to go to practice and see him running with the ones all fall and and looking in general like like option like Auburn's best option at the position. Yeah, you know, I think that was it's almost like, and, and you know, you guys stop me if if this is incorrect that college football practices don't contain the nuclear codes, and you can actually. <laughs> have good coverage and get more information when you let people in. It's crazy. Yeah, and fans fans seem to like that for some wild reason. Yeah, the only thing that uh, Kirk and Shelley will say is, you know, don't record, uh, you know, cadences and snap counts. That's that's pretty much it. So, yeah, so yeah I mean, uh, practice is practice. Now, if they were, you know, if, if they're installing, so if there's, uh, you know, if they'd opened the season, you know, maybe against uh, uh, a top five team, and and there were some new personnel, then we probably wouldn't have gotten as much access. But but no, it was great, and and I think we had a pretty good feel for for who to look for on you know uh, on the season opener. Yeah, and and I think that you know it's interesting the way the school has gone about it. It's not a it was not a thing that's been the way that way. And everyone sort of knew about Texas A&M, and yet, like, Jimbo played this weird shell game 
that is completely disingenuous, which is specifically designed to keep Max Johnson you know, on campus and not, not somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then you have Brian Kelly talking about a tactical advantage in Florida State. I'm like, you know, not people seeing Garrett Nuffmeyer play. So if you go ahead and announce him as starting quarterback, nobody's going to care. And if Jane Daniels, you're, they're already preparing for him anyway. So, I mean, it's just, uh, it's crazy this time of year that you have so many different approaches and coaches. Whereas the NFL is like, yeah, come on in, you know, whatever. Exactly like what you said. Don't do cadences. You'll be fine. It's not like, I love Bill and you and I are old enough to remember when Paul Camp was literally on the intramural program. Oh, Dan can remember no, that. No, I mean Auburn. Auburn has an Auburn has a, a secondary coach, Zach Etheridge, who played on that. I mean, and a running backs coach, Cadillac Williams, who both were were part of that generation that that went through practice on, on the intramurals. Yeah, fact, there was little there was little orange police tape and stakes around the entire thing, and you know the meeting members could stand inside the orange tape. Yep. The fans were relegated outside the orange tape. Etheridge told uh, Etheridge told a story uh, when, when talking to the uh, talking to the media earlier this uh, this this off season uh, that Brian Harson could not believe uh, he took him out on the intramurals for something uh, Etheridge and Cadillac did and, and he could not believe that Auburn was as, <laughs> as recently as a decade a little more than a decade ago doing uh, doing the full the full camp uh, out there on, uh, on on that field so so times times have changed in a uh, in, in a lot of ways some big games coming up this weekend right involving involving SEC teams is is there one uh, that 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 stands out to you as as the game of the weekend in in the conference the, the must see game I mean, yeah, the must see game, I think, is obviously Georgia Oregon. Uh, I'll be there. I'm excited to see what happens uh, with Georgia with the new defense. I think they'll be fine. Uh, you know, and see what Stetson Bennett has done uh, to improve. Uh, he, I don't think he necessarily needs to do an awful lot. Maybe just more consistent down. Um, you know, yeah, I think watching how Georgia handles uh, their uh, title defense in a situation that really it's unique. In the sense that it's a program that hasn't been in a situation for years with the coach who used to be in the situation sometimes with players cutting out of the program to go to the NFL and just regurgitating national championships and SEC championships. So uh, seeing that's going to be interesting. I'm really excited to see what uh, to see Tennessee on Tuesday, on Thursday night uh, just to see if they have a defense and and really what Indian Booker looks like as well. Um, and yeah, Sunday night's game. I don't know. If it's almost like we're laser focused on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And Sunday night game between LSU and Florida State is going to be pretty fun. You know, Florida State looked good last week, granted. I know um, it was Duquesne, but it, you know, Florida State hadn't won a season opener since 2016. So wow. Getting any win was big for them, but they actually looked functional which, and, and, um, and not, you know, all over the place going in 85 different directions. But, you know, I'm interested to see what Brian does, uh, knowing what Florida State looks like. Um, you know, and, and what changes that offense has made from, from the previous years. Yeah, and then, of course, the the debut of, uh, of Brian Kelly there at LSU. I mean, so so that's interesting. Hey, speaking of things that, you know, we either, we either see uh, something that everybody uh, has just been going crazy about, and we finally did get Auburn's depth chart yesterday, but, hey, that's that's different. Kurt, what is up with, you, you mentioned the, 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 the Georgia-Oregon game. 
What's up with Kirby not releasing, uh, talking about he knows who the quarterback is? Does he not think Dan Lanning has an idea of Georgia's talent or who's going to play? I think that he's just playing games <laughs> or trying to. And and I think that, you know, when he was actually going to play for Oregon, I think he knows he's going to play for Oregon. I think, you know, that, that's just... Uh, Aaron Long is being... It's the way it is. Um, and Kirby, I think, just messing with Dan. Yeah, I guess. Like, it's, like, it's not, I don't think that's, like, devious for him. I think that it's more... Uh, those were really good friends, and I mean that's the problem. They they probably get a, a kick out of that. And I doubt that they're texting right now. Um, you know, getting kicked or you know, can you believe so and so thought this or said this and all those other stuff? I, I think that's just kind of how that relationship is. All right. So, is what's the reasoning for Sark though? Uh, saying he's not going to release a depth. They're not going to have depth charts this year. So, I guess uh, don't watch while we're playing or keep track of what numbers are out there playing. Yeah, exactly. Those <laughs> binoculars in the press box, put them away. You can't see which numbers are which. Uh, look, I mean, I. <laughs> everyone knows who's playing. <laughs> like, you see them. Uh, I, Stark's thing, I, I don't understand that. You know, if you're going to go so far, like, even Nick Saban, who hates Death Charge. Yeah. Death Charge. Every week. Was, he may have a he may have a lot of ores or brackets or whatever when he does, but still he at least put and one he out. Says every year it's not worth the paper to print it on, even though a lot of times people are looking at the computers. But it's okay. It's not worth the paper that's printed on. It's still a way for 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 your program to get proper coverage, right? Like so, so it can be sort of discussed leading up to the game and and. You know, so and so's bracketed. Okay, why? What are we going to see? All this other stuff. I don't understand what Sark's doing, but a lot of things that Sark has done in Texas, I don't understand. So uh, I am I'm interested to see what happens with that team, though, because uh, it is it can go south in a hurry, especially if that defense is in six. Love your thoughts on a couple of other games involving SEC teams: uh, uh, Cincinnati, Arkansas, Utah, Florida. I just, Cincinnati, I just can't buy into. You lose two great mm-hmm. quarterbacks. You lose a guy who's going to start a quarterback for the Falcons by midseason. Uh, you lose just players, dudes everywhere. And you're going on the road to Arkansas, whereas Arkansas, I think they are very comfortable in their own skin. They know exactly what they are. They're not going to be surprised by anything. They know their identity. Uh, I just, to me, I just, that's a, it's a kind of a tricky game. For, for, for Cincinnati that I think maybe the expectation is that they're going to be super competitive, and I don't think they are. I don't think they're they're that good right now. Um, and for Utah and Florida, I mean, I think Utah wins. I think they win by double digits. It's um, funny. They're, they're, it's pretty tight line, though, isn't it? Well, it's gone from four to four to Utah three, I think. Yeah. Throughout the offseason. So, yeah, I mean, I think people have to my, to my Utah love. Um, but having, you know, the way they own the line of scrimmage, I think that they're going to dictate the style and tempo. Styles make bites. And I don't know if Florida is ready to just get pounded for 60 minutes based on the youth operate. Great stuff, as always, Barrett. Really appreciate you making some time for us. Tell everybody how they can uh, how they can find you in your various endeavors. Yeah, social media, Barrett Salee, uh, pretty much across the board on all social media channels. Download the CBS Sports app. Watch uh, CBS Sports HQ. I'll be on there. 
uh, about an hour or so, and then uh, listen on uh, SiriusXM whenever they uh, have me on, especially Sundays. Well, what, <laughs> one, one more thing before, because there, there, there's been a lot of news in the last few days here here in the Auburn area. Uh, lo- love to get your thoughts on uh, you know just just uh, your reaction to Alan Green uh, stepping away from Auburn on Friday, and and where you think uh, Auburn could go from here. I'm not surprised. I think it's, you know, both parties, I think, were, were done right by the timing. It, you know, if Alan Green, like, no one thought he was going to be around in January, right? So why drag this whole thing on through a football season if you're going to have to make a decision to keep a coach or to fire a coach and hire a new one? Alan Green should have nothing to do with that. And that's mm-hmm. not, you know, if everybody knows the situation, there's no reason to pretend and fake it. So just go ahead and cut bait and move on. So, um you know, I think some of this this uh, idea that this was signed that Auburn's dis- dysfunctional. I mean, you know, Auburn's dysfunctional, but this was I think uh, this was this was actually pretty uh, pretty nicely done on both sides. It was very efficient, which is not something Auburn's used to. No, that's right. Uh, well done again, Barrett. Again, we we really appreciate it. Uh, thanks, man. We'll keep up with everything you do, and uh, hopefully, talk to you again next week. All right, take care. Barrett Sully joining us, as he does, Tuesdays here in the uh, uh, hour number one. We'll get to our final break of this hour. Open the phone lines back up. Come on in and join us here on the Tuesday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment of hour number one here on this Tuesday afternoon. Our thanks to Barrett Silly. Sorry about the uh, the the connection that we Get had wasn't land- the best. Get him a landline or something. We need for, to for do that, week. man. We need to, Come you on, know, Barrett. I mean, he's got he's got the equipment to do doesn't shows. He, you does, know, doesn't he just spend? All I don't hear don't... He, when I hear him on that uh, satellite. It doesn't sound like that. Doesn't he call radio shows all day? Isn't that like a big? Yeah, you know what? I've heard job? him call other radio shows, and it pretty much sounds like. All right, well, Barrett. <laughs> Get, get a, yeah, get a landline going or something, man. We'll, we'll oh kick in a couple of bucks. Yeah, uh, a pay, is there a payphone nearby that he could he could call us from? There would probably sound. So got so got those uh, any, anywhere. I think occasionally. I think there are in in wow. certain places. You think there's a functioning payphone in the city of Auburn? No, I don't. I don't. Would you be shocked to learn there is one? I would be. I'd be interested. I'd love to know where I it is. I don't. I, I. You know, I like to see. Love to see the movies when people are told to go to the payphone on the corner or so and so. There's it's a, like, oh wow. I, I've. Uh, I'm getting. I'm, I've just got a message. Somebody must know. I've uh, become a big fan. Floyd probably knows if there's a functioning. Pay, if there's a functioning payphone somewhere in Auburn, Floyd probably knows. Um, the. Uh, uh, the Wire. I've, I've become a big fan of the TV show The Wire uh-huh. over the last couple of years, and it is amazing to watch technology progress over the course of that show from like 2001 to 2007. It, I just watched the end of Better Call Saul, oh. and and he was on a payphone. I thought in the present at the end. So the well, that's yeah. The, you watch it, Drew. Where, yeah. where could you he, been? What? Yeah. Where, where was he? He, he was like where was he in Montana? No, Probably not was, Auburn. He was. It was somewhere no cold. It was cold. No spoilers. It was somewhere the, cold. For, for the, Wasn't Arizona anymore. For the, it was somewhere cold. For the better so better call Saul people. Yeah. No, the um so the the first season of the wire hinges on on 
pay phones. And then over the course of, you know, you, they, they moved to cell phones and all this sort of technology. Maybe Nebraska. I think somebody says, yeah. I think somebody says in season two of The Wire, what's a text message? I think is a line <laughs> of dialogue spoken from one character <laughs> to another one. To yeah, now you. it's what's a pay phone? <laughs> yeah, what's a pay phone? And what's so, a uh, landline? But anyways, Barrett, we appreciate, uh, the, we appreciate the time, Barrett. And, and, and great stuff as always. And you can catch Barrett Salee on CBS Sports and CBS Sports HQ and, uh, and, and you can follow him on, uh, on, on different, uh, on all the different social media platforms. I, I can I can see some cartoons like uh, you know of, of what kind of, of of like people trying to imagine what a rotary phone is. Yeah, yeah, it's I going mean, around like a turntable or something. Oh, all right. We, we've we've played this game before, right? The the give give kids obscure oh, yeah. technology. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's the you know that should be a game show. Just... And have them explain. Yeah, and people stand up and go. Yeah, it's it's like uh, you know what's my line or yeah. you know. The, the you know the, tell the truth yeah the the grand the grand prize level I is, know what a rotary phone is you got you got <laughs> I'll explain it to you you got to connect a Sega Genesis to the to the to the TV and get it, get it get it working in five minutes or something oh uh, yeah you know, the, the red yellow uh, well how, how about this one that is that is that is is about to be extinct and that's uh, uh, a standard transmission oh that's right yeah of those, course. those are going out. Oh, no, Bill, I think I mean depending on how long we live, we'll, we'll see the end of the the combustion engine. Like I, I think we'll see we'll, we'll see cars you know not 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 sold with with That's gasoline true. probably in the next in the next few decades probably. But I mean not not trying to push anybody towards that or anything but like that's that you know it feels like feels like that's the way the the wind is blowing it and yeah some of those things i mean let alone vhs players and dvd players although although we see them every day in uh, that is true in the office but uh but yeah so uh again thanks to barrett Sully for uh for, yeah. for making some time for us he's uh he's great as always we're going to talk with jake crane in hour number two from crane and company previewing uh the uh the, the week uh coming up in the sec and some of the games from week zero you know i'm, I'm sure there were folks uh Paying attention as as Vanderbilt looked uh, as, uh, as as powerful as, as as they may look all year, and uh, some uh, you know some some of the other teams that'll be in action uh, the rest of the season uh, got got their year started. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, was, was there any? Were there are there any other games that you really are think could be um, interesting involving I'm, SEC teams? So I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical about Florida. I, I, I am too. I got. This. I, I, I'm. That's why I was shocked I, that, that I'd seen the line drop so much. There in the, uh, the the Utah game. Yeah, I got this weird feeling that that could be a situation like Brian Harson's first year at Auburn in that players who were there already, like players who committed to play for, I know a little bit about Billy Napier, and players who committed to play for Dan Mullen signed up for something pretty different from what Billy Napier has in mind. And you know, not not just philosophically, but also in just sort of how he runs his football team. And I wonder how many of those players might decide during the course of this year or after this year. It could be a little bit like Brian Harson's first year at Auburn, where there could be quite a few players at the University of Florida saying, you know, I didn't really sign up for this, and 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 I didn't sign up to play for this guy, mm-hmm. and I'm and I may make a decision to go uh, uh, to go. Oh, Bill, look at that! Look look, look who's look who's right over. Uh, Look, look who's right. You want it, is do- it is Dr. Rob oh, Pate. Is he, he's leaving. He's too busy. Can't, yeah, he's can't, in, can't uh, come in. All right, well, Dr. Rob Pate just walked by the studio, everybody. Uh, but yeah, the- speaking of somebody, oh, that, yeah, it's a shame. Shame I didn't see him walk in. Uh, would have loved to have gotten a couple of thoughts from him on on practice. And, you know, I, I would imagine he got to go over when the Letterman got to watch that you his phone number. You, you got his phone number? You want to see uh, if he can somewhere, come somewhere, somewhere. See if he wants to come back in the studio and, and hang out for, for a couple of minutes, maybe an hour number two. He's got, 
don't know. Maybe he's listening. I don't know. Anyways, it's uh, uh no. I, I think Florida could be. I think Florida could have something of a of a transition year. You know, from uh, and 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 Utah is a uh, uh with 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 Kyle Whittingham. I mean that that's that's a that's a that's a team that's got. I mean they they, they bring back a lot. They are a dark horse playoff contender, and I think they could go to Florida and give that team all they want and more. I mean, we'll see if it's. Uh, I mean, F- Florida still has the home field advantage and the uh, returning quarterback Richardson and, and some other things. Him but as he's pulling out of the parking lot. Well, hope, hopefully he sees it in time to uh, to, to, to flip yeah. around. We'd Scott love, said, "I literally saw him yesterday for yeah. an eye exam." Lo- love to. Uh, lo- well, I'm lo- glad he's still seeing. Lo- love, to talk, love to talk to the doctor if he, yeah. uh, if, he if he gets a chance. It was cool to uh, cool to see him there through the through the glass. But uh, no, I, I think Florida Florida Utah could be interesting, especially because you know I, I just Flo- Florida. Florida looks like it could be a real dice roll this year, and if they were to drop a home game early, uh, I think I think it would start. You know, it would, it would start the Billy Napier tenure. Do you think off. Ole Miss Troy could be interesting? Ooh. I mean, I like I like everything I'm hearing out of Troy football right now. I mean, John Summerall. Ole Miss, got Ole Miss a, is one of those teams that a lot of people are going. Oh, they won ten last year. Just look out; they're going to do it again. I mean, we'll, we'll if, see if they can if they can figure things out at quarterback. Maybe. Uh, but, you know, it still still feels like Ole Miss should have the advantage. But you, you never know. All right, we're halfway done here on the Tuesday Drive. At our top of the hour break, and then we'll open the phone lines again. Love for you to join in. Stick with us. W294AR Auburn, WGCCHD3 Waverly, Auburn Opelika's sports leader, ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Oh, I thought we'd had some rain by now, the way it looked when we came on the air. Hasn't hit here, but uh, very well may uh, in the area. So just be aware of that when you're out and about. Hope everybody doing well. And uh, thanks for joining in. If you haven't been with us for the whole show, uh, fun first hour. Talk with uh, Barrett Sully, as we usually do. And uh, I got a couple of couple of calls, and, and we'd love for you to join in. We'll tell you how to do so momentarily. But first, hour number two of The Drive, brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic. East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Now, to getting through to us, we'd love for you to call in on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 
1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box, presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, something we were talking about in the first hour. You know, what are you really looking forward to seeing out of this team mm-hmm. in, in, in the season opener? Acknowledging that it's Mercer, you know, acknowledging that this this is, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's it's the, the first game of the year, but, it, you know, with, with an FCS opponent, you don't want to overreact. You also don't want to underreact. You know, no. I, I'm interested to see, you know, how, how this team looks and, and the general general sharpness of it, among some other things. That's true and one of the things you we were talking about was the offensive line there during the break and yes if if the offensive line struggles against Mercer then I'm not going to say well that's no cause for concern if Auburn can't run the ball against Mercer I'm not going to say well don't worry things will get better when we start playing better teams I mean I, I just wouldn't think that would be the case now yes first games especially against outmatched opponents can be sloppy they can be sluggish but, uh, uh, again, I'm not saying you push the panic button, but you're concerned if some things are really a struggle in the opening game against the Bears. Right, and Nick Brahms, the uh, news coming out of the press conference yesterday that, that longtime Auburn center Nick Brahms was walking away from football. Nick put a, a, a really nice statement up on social media that I would encourage folks uh, to check out. Nick Brahms posting a, a farewell uh, to uh, to his football career, sort of a, you know, he, he, want, he wanted to express gratitude mm-hmm. to his teammates, his coaches, his family, his fiance, and, uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, and, and Put out a message to uh, you know sort of a farewell uh, to, uh, to 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 his uh, to his football playing career as he as he begins the next phase of his life and, and yeah we, you know congratulations obviously in order to uh, to Nick Brahms on uh, on on the the football career he was able to have even if uh, if, if this season uh, isn't uh, you know even even if it's even if it's sort of come to an unexpected end uh, but uh, the news was made more official yesterday with Nick Brahms uh, Nick well, Nick Brahms put out the statement after Brian Harsin uh, said at the press conference uh, that Nick Brahms had decided to retire uh, from football walking away from the sport after a after an injury this off season uh, so Nick Brahms and and Bradarius Ham were your top two uh, offensive lineman last year in in and overall snaps. snaps. Uh, there there were others, uh, you know, Troxel and and uh, Council, and I think uh, and and Keandre Jones were were you know among among the top group of mm-hmm. players. So you have some experience, but you also have some guys that are uh, you know that that you have to uh, you have to figure out how to replace. And in the case of Nick Brahms, you have to replace him on kind of short notice because for much of this offseason, I think they thought Nick Brahms was probably going to be the center. But it's not as short notice as if. You know, he had gone down this past week. As we said, I think the only time we saw Nick out there was was maybe day one when they were in shorts. And Nick Brahms didn't play the bowl game, right? I right. mean, I think I think even even towards the end of last season, uh, there was a question of how much more football Nick Brahms uh, had in him. And they, you know, they I think everybody wanted Nick to be able to play uh, this year, and unfortunately, that's not going to happen. But but no, I don't think Auburn is ambushed. You know, in the last seventy-two hours, with the news that Nick Brahms isn't going to play football anymore, I do think it's something Auburn's known for at least a few weeks, or, or at least had had an you know they they had they've had the idea uh, that this outcome was was possible for the last few weeks, and they've been preparing accordingly. And and yeah, Tate Johnson. I mean, that that's one of the guys where it's, it's a big opportunity for Tate. And this is, mm-hmm. I think, because of what just happened with Nick Brahms, maybe even more than because of the quarterback situation, Bill. Auburn is fortunate that they're not opening with a, a team that you would look at as a Power Five championship threat. You know, you're 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 glad that Auburn isn't playing that team 
opening day because with a new center who's relatively inexperienced, this is an opportunity to get him a couple of games of uh, familiarity within the system before he goes up against a team like Penn State, where if you were opening with Penn State, I think you'd be pretty nervous about the center position. Yeah, yeah I think with, so. With, with somebody like I'm, Tate I'm Johnson. Looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Penn State uh, day after tomorrow. How about that? Yeah, Penn State going up against uh, going up Purdue. against Purdue on a, on a Thursday night. Yeah, Penn State at Purdue uh, this uh, this coming Thursday on Fox. And, and yeah, you get to see uh, uh, Auburn's first Power Five opponent of the year uh, play a conference game. Uh, mm-hmm. To uh, to open the air. a couple of those Big Ten conference games. Oh, but do you, do you think that's something? You think that's something the SEC might move to? As, as uh, you go to nine conference games, you go to nine yes. conference games. Yep. Yes, I think so. Then you pretty much have a big game, you know, guaranteed every week. A conference game, maybe not a big one, but a conference game every week. And I think they'd love to be able to launch the season with mm-hmm. with a big conference game. The way we're seeing, well, what you've got you've got George Tech Clemson on Monday night in Atlanta as well. There's an ACC conference game this weekend as well. And we've seen, I mean, we just saw a Big Ten conference game in Ireland. And like you said, they're going to play one in uh, in, in West Lafayette as well uh, this uh, this Thursday night. 334-321-1390. Love for you to join in here on the Tuesday Drive. And let's uh, get to the phone. Was it James? Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, James. Hey, uh, Bill. I, I was trying to get through to you yesterday, and I, I couldn't get in, but... Uh... Uh, your conversation interested me about the AD and what you knew of the new president. Uh, you thought that you knew knew him a little bit better than most. Um, do you get a sense that he's going to pick a charismatic AD, or is it going to be something completely different than what we're thinking? I, you know, that that's a really good question. I, I don't know that I could answer what type personality he would uh uh, he, he would hire, I, I would think he wouldn't mind someone because he's, uh, he, he is a, he is a strong leader who has a good personality and he's had people working for him who are that way as well. Uh, but, but I really, I really don't know. I, one thing I do know about Dr. Roberts, I've, I've, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say I'm close to him, but I've, I've known him met him probably 20 plus years ago when he was a, a fairly young professor uh and and as he's moved on through and he's been what what I've been impressed with is he is the same he's the same guy as when he was I believe I don't even know that he was a full professor he was an assistant professor and then full professor and then department head and and his, and then dean and and now president and he's always been the same he is uh He's he's very focused. He's very level headed. I'll tell you what. He is also very competitive, and he is a. Uh, I know he is he is an avid sports fan. Results driven. Yes, say that's very fair, very fair much so. Him as results driven, and and has been uh, uh, the 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 head of the department uh, and college at a time when they have uh, brought in more money than they ever have in the past. And so I can tell you those are some things I think that will be very important to him, results-oriented and uh, fundraising. And, so, and something else yeah. I'll, I'll add to that in, in my very limited uh, interactions uh, with, the, uh, with the good doctor. Uh, I, I also think it's, um, and even just, just taking his personality aside, like the, the path you just described, Bill, from assistant professor to professor to department head to university president i think that alone would suggest that this person may have a better sense of auburn university than if this were 
not a mercenary, but like an outsider. If Auburn had, if, if this were, if this were a Stephen Leith situation, where Auburn were going and getting a highly regarded department head from another school that had never been at Auburn before, or 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 a highly regarded university president from somewhere else, maybe you'd have questions about, you know, are they are they do they know what they, I guess it's the Alan Green situation. You have questions about did they do you know what they're getting into uh, mm-hmm. when, when they arrive. I think Dr. Roberts has a pretty good sense of, of how Auburn operates from his decades of experience within the university before becoming its president. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, from everything I've uh, talked to, uh, everybody I've talked to about Dr. Roberts, they, they've all given the same, the same vouch of confidence that you guys just gave. I mean, so I, I'm not really worried about his decision. It's just more speculation, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I thought Philip Marshall had some good points earlier this week. He wrote about the AD and whoever it needs to be needs to be somebody that's going to be a leader and make sure everybody's on the same page, everybody's going in the same direction. Yes, You know, obviously, Dr. Roberts comes off as one of those types who's, I, I don't know if he's charismatic, but, I mean, he seems to be, but he also seems to be, like you guys said, results-driven, and he's the leader, and, you know, you're not going to question him and all this other stuff, so... I agree with that. You know, I found it funny earlier this week. I don't know if somebody brought it up in y'all's radio show, but I was talking to somebody, and somebody suggested hiring Charles Barkley as AD. And I was like, that's pretty cool there, because it would be <laughs> well, entertaining I, I, for sure. I, so. I'll mention it after somebody said Bo. Sure. And, and I, you know, I, I wonder because <laughs> of, I mean, among other things, because of Bruce Pearl, you know, I, I wonder how front and center the AD Actually needs to be because Auburn has one of, one of the most prominent figures in college athletics serving as a front and center ambassador for the university, you know, in, in, in so many public appearances right now. Like, like I wonder if, if the AD, you know, if, if, if being the, the face of the athletic department or the public face of the athletic department is the top priority at the moment because I mean, it's not the AD, but Auburn's Auburn's athletic department has a public face right now, and it's the it's the basketball coach uh, in, oh, yeah. in, in the eyes of most. So, so, I, but, but that's not to say that there's there aren't other really important jobs at hand for this AD, including as you guys just mentioned, making sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Quentin Riggins either. To be honest with you, that that, that would that be really interesting. You're right. You're 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 right. All right, guys. I appreciate it. I'll talk to y'all later. Hi, James. Appreciate the call. Some, yeah, some good points, good questions there. Um, I will say this. I know that Dr. Roberts has had to deal with very different personalities, uh, that, that, uh, and han- handling a, a very diverse group of people and personalities in the past and, uh, that that's probably a good thing, <laughs> leading leading up to talking about those characters we deal with in Ramsey. Uh, no, I'm just and, kidding. I'm just kidding. You guys are great. You guys are great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. No, exactly. Well, no, come in. Not just no, and not just not just within the College of Engineering as a no. department head at Auburn University. Yes, like you, you, and, you and are. There's no, and you deal with department heads, so you could probably. There's no telling what might roll into your mm-hmm. office, right? Uh, Problem wise. Uh, for, for a, he understand, for he understands yeah. getting everyone on the same page and that every everyone can't be happy all the time, but the objective is to keep things moving in the right direction. I, I wonder if, because of what you detailed about Dr. Roberts's journey to, you know, the, the notion that this guy went from 
assistant professor and worked his way up the ladder to become president of the mm-hmm. university. I, yeah, no shortcuts. I wonder if that's something he may respect or may look for in his new AD. If it's somebody who's that worked his be. worked his Very way up the be. ladder at Auburn University to becoming the new AD, I, I wonder. I mean, Auburn has said publicly they're going to look for a nationwide search. Right. There's, there's no. There, there's there no. Should in, be, yeah. We have we have an acting athletics director right now, and uh, the, the next step would be an interim. Right. And while, and while so the search continues. And we we speculated last week that. Again, not not that it needs to be an Auburn alum or a former, you know, a prominent former Auburn athlete or anything like that. But I think experience within the Auburn athletic department wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because no, because you, you'd have an idea who you're dealing with and 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 maybe how to deal with them, you know, at least you know while while you're continuing. And that's not to, to say that's not to say it needs to be an internal candidate either. Mm-hmm. But I think someone who's been in the Auburn Athletic Department before in some capacity, I think that would be a strength if you have that on your resume. Especially for the interim, don't you think? I, I, either one. I think yes. for the interim or to be the permanent job, I think it would be nice to, to have some experience with, you know, some hands-on experience with how Auburn University operates because uh, it, it, you know, as, as we've seen, just having experience at other SEC schools may not be, may not be enough. To, uh, to, to come to Auburn University because it's a, a special place in, in a lot of ways. 334-321-1390. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Still time for you to get through. Don't forget Jake Crane from Crane & Company joins us at the bottom of the hour. So stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, and we'd love for you to join in anything on your mind sports-wise. Yeah, we'll... um, We'll see. Uh, do you have any just guesses as to when we when we might have an interim athletics director announced? I just wonder what the timetable might be. I don't because, know. Because I mean, Mark Gerton is the acting AD, and I, I don't yep. know why there would be any rush to have to go from acting to to an interim. No, unless unless it's just like okay, now we know who the candidates are and. Whether or not she's one of them, maybe might might be why you'd go to to an interim after that. I don't know what the timeline is as far as when they think they need to have an acting or an interim AD in place. When they think they need to have a permanent AD in place, we were saying. I mean, throughout football season, they're going to really. I mean, it's it's pretty. Usually, AD searches are pretty intensive for Power Five programs. So, I mean, this is a, this is a person who's going to make a million dollars a year, right around a million dollars a year. They're pretty Probably. pretty good for those search firms, right? Search pretty firms. Good, yeah, we're, we're still we're, we're still trying to get into that racket. We're yeah. still trying to open the, the 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 drive search firm. Yeah, the drive search firm open for you know if anybody's uh, we'll, we'll interview we'll interview prospective candidates here on the show. You know, be, you know yeah, every, that's right. everybody can listen. It'd be, it'd be, uh, we'll just, take calls. But yeah, we'll if they, take, if they won't, if they won't yeah. take, if they won't take calls. Then, oh, I mean, man. I don't know if they're qualified. Yeah, I mean, so, so there is, uh, there is, I, I don't know when the, um, you know, when, 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 Clark no, we don't know. I was just wondering if you had any, any thought, any feeling about it. I, I don't know. I I've, have, I have, I've got a football question for you about the Saturday's game. All right. Is there a player making his debut in an Auburn uniform that you're, 
particularly excited to see, or, or you think uh, uh, could uh, could could play a you know could 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 play an outsized role in the first couple of drives on Saturday? You know what I mean. The the initial feeling would be to go somebody like Camden Brown, but you know where I'm going? I'm going Jason Jones. There you go. I mean, yeah. I want to see I want to see a six six three hundred and thirty pound nose tackle. I would I would hope that he's pretty prominent on Saturday. And I don't know Mer- I know Mercer had some ridiculous offensive numbers, but I want to see the big guy who has moved to the top of the depth chart there uh in between Kobe Wooden and Marcus Harris. Jason Jones and Jeffrey Umba are prominent, right? Yeah, but there was so much more buzz there about Jeffrey much- Umba because he was French, he was it was so cool to listen to him and everything. Jason Jones has been it's been quieter about Jason Jones, but he's already risen to the top of the depth chart. And, and you get the sense that it's a little bit like Marcus Harris, where having a year as a college football player going through a system in comparison, right? Jeffrey, this is Jeffrey Umbaugh's first off season with a Power Five college right. football team. It's not Jason Jones's first off season with a Power Five college football team because he was up at Oregon. It wasn't Marcus Harris's first off season with a, with a college with a Power Five program last year. Marcus Harris was ready to make an impact right when he got to Auburn. Yeah, what sort of need- Jason Jones, I think, same and, thing. And the two guys that are both the 6'6", 300-pounders, they don't play the same spot. Jason Jones is the nose, whereas Jeffrey Umbaugh's Marcus Harris is back up. That's right. I mean, so you could see them together, presumably, in, in you know, depending on the package. And if Auburn wanted to go with a... Ooh, go big, really. You wanted to go real. Well, against Mercer, short yardage. I mean, you might, yeah. you might, see, you might see both. You know, the Auburn's got a couple Man. of options there. Uh, ba- backing away from the defensive line. Yeah. Keontae Scott and sure, I want to see him. You may see him in the in special teams as well. And, he may be returning a kick or two, and maybe maybe Craig McDonald features yep. as well. And and against a team that's going to try to run the ball like Mercer, Craig McDonald, who was brought in as sort of an enforcer, uh, hard hitting play the run safety, you would think that Craig McDonald would would be uh, called upon uh, pretty early, even if he doesn't start. Caden Bridges, mm-hmm. I, I think, is uh, is is maybe the number one guy at that position uh, coming out of the uh, fall. But but Craig McDonald is somebody else. Uh, uh, that people could uh, could see and and Bill, how about this? I think Demari Alston's touching the football. Oh, I think he will too. And and maybe maybe with the first teams, you know, maybe in the first half, I think Demari Alston could be out there and, and I think could could make uh, could make his debut because that's someone who seems to have picked up a little steam as as fall camp goes on and uh, well they, they were evaluating a lot of things, but uh, Demari Alston was uh, you know it, it seemed like his role steadily increased as uh, as fall camp uh, progressed and and yeah I could see him. Uh, I, I could see him being out there uh, pretty early on. Yeah, so we'll we'll toss that out, and uh, we, we can we can do that for for a while. I mean, not just here for the rest of this segment. I mean, uh, be thinking about it. Who who are you looking forward to see that you haven't seen? Uh, and 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 I can even go a little farther. Maybe maybe you've seen him, but just briefly. But I mean, someone who you really haven't seen. Uh, get a full opportunity. Who are you? Who are you li- looking forward to seeing? You know, get get a chance at some extended play. First, time. first name you mentioned there was Camden Brown, a receiver. Uh huh. Camden Brown's probably not the only uh, player making his Auburn debut uh, that you'll see uh, this this coming weekend. Coy Moore, the uh, LSU mm-hmm. uh, the LSU transfer. Hey, you could you could see a couple of you could see a couple of other true freshman receivers as well. And and if you're talking about guys we barely saw. Barely saw, That's Chick. barely saw Chick Dawson yeah, last who, year. Who yeah. is another guy at the, at the top of the depth chart? 
Exactly. Yeah, going going into the year as a starter, and we've seen Malcolm Johnson, right? But that's somebody mm-hmm. else who people you keep really saying. Haven't seen him thrown too very much haven't or seen get him, the ball that no, much. No, it, it's a little bit like Shedrick's first couple of years, right? Shedrick Jackson had snaps, but didn't have uh, didn't didn't have uh, 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 didn't have a lot of attempts, didn't have a lot of uh, of, of of opportunities, and and this is you know. Then there was a year where that where that changed a little bit. You wonder if this could be that year uh, for Malcolm Johnson Jr. But no, a couple of a uh, couple of, of new new pieces you could see uh, here or there. Not just guys that were in in the system working their way through, but, but players who. And then you know, speaking of names that we've talked about, you would think that the linebacker next to Owen Papo would be mm-hmm. a situation that'll that be the, Cam Riley to start. Apparently, Cam Riley to start. Wes Steiner could could factor in as well. Those are both guys we've. Uh, you know, you, you've seen glimpses of you've you've seen them, and Cam Riley, another guy who stands out a little bit. That's a that's a big that's a big linebacker I, I, as as, uh, as as we've as we've discussed this offseason. You know the the first the first new face that you might see could be a player we have not. I don't know that we have mentioned him this entire maybe McPherson? once. Yes. Yeah. Because, I saw the sixty yard. I saw the because, 60 yard because uh, Brian Harson was asked. Will Anders Carlson kick off? Did you see what Arson's I, reply I was? Arson's reply goes, "Well, that's up to Daniel if he wants to." And I mean, what if? What a, I thought it was a very good. funny answer. He goes, "Daniel knows what Daniel can do." He said, "He's he's great at kickoffs." He goes, "But Alex has a really did, strong leg." I mean, wait, did he say? Did he say Anders and not Daniel? Uh, I mean, he said Anders. Okay, I was going to say, he did he Anders. say Daniel? I, I don't know why I said Daniel. Because so that'd, just, just, that'd be a pretty good one. Yeah, too, flashbacks, man. flashbacks. But no, Anders. He said Anders. Anders, you know, will will do what he he knows what he can do, and he is completely healthy. But yeah, we may see Alex McPherson kick off. Auburn wins the toss to Furs. You may see Alex McPherson out there kicking off to open the season. Saturday, they were, uh, during one of the drills, uh, during one of the, the stations, uh, they were attempting field goals from considerable distance. Uh-huh. 50, 55, 60, uh, the, uh, the different kickers. And uh, when they, they started, I mean, they, now they weren't doing it against a rush. It was just a, it was just a snap, a hold, and a kick. Um, McPherson, uh, McPherson the first, uh, I, I think he missed. I think he missed either the fifty or the fifty-five yarder to the side, and but there was plenty of leg. Mm-hmm. And then you start backing up to the the sixty. He's like, he's not gonna. And he launched. I this. mean, everybody everybody said it had plenty he, to spare. Now, now it was low, like against a, against a defensive right. rush. It might have been because this thing had a low trajectory. But he launched this thing. And no, it was a no doubter from sixty, Bill. Like I mean, this this kid, and he's like five nine, a buck forty something. He's several inches shorter than oh Anders is six five. I mean, yeah, it's 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 wild to see. And I think Anders Anders had a I think Anders had a fifty five yarder that fell just just shy, which. Which is, I mean, that's impressive enough. Somebody said he made a fifty-five. I think he made a fifty-five yarder and maybe and maybe fell just shy of sixty. But but he had another one. He had another attempt that was just just shy of uh, of of the of the the uprights, which would be impressive enough if you hadn't just seen a guy boot one through from from sixty. Right. But no, Auburn's got some. There's some leg power in that uh, in that room. All right, we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll check in with Jake Crane on the other side. Stick with us. Here on the Tuesday Drive.
The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Sun's out now after it looked like uh, very, it was very threatening a little while ago. So hopefully uh, um, everybody, you know, uh, coming, you know, well, if, it's, if it hasn't rained, I guess you, you came through just fine. But uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's been a long day. Let's, let's continue, though, because one of our favorite uh, guests is about to join us here on the Kia of Auburn hotline as we welcome in Jake Crane of Crane & Company. Hey, Jake, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing great, guys. Uh, obviously, last weekend, kind of getting our beak wet with college football. Excited for this one, though. Yeah, Vandy, uh, a good start for the Doors. Yeah, man. I mean, the last time they scored 63 points, Mac Brown was playing running back there. So anytime you do that, uh, it's a pretty good look. Yeah, I was impressed by... Uh... I was impressed by that quarterback at media days, and I, I, I thought Vanderbilt was saying all the right things. You know, it's understandable that, that it could be a very long process uh, for Vanderbilt to, to close the gap on the rest of the conference. But at the same time, a, a run-heavy attack with a, with a mobile quarterback, uh, you know, may, maybe Vanderbilt can, can throw a punch or two in conference play this year, Jake. They're getting closer to what I want them to do, run the triple option. It's your only way out. Just trust me on this. Sure, I mean, I mean, if if it's if it's not going to be the Paul Johnson option, it could be something closer to the Rich Rodriguez option, and uh, you know, Hawaii wasn't stopping it on 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 Saturday night. No, you know, Mike Wright. Regardless of what you think about the guy off the field, he runs a lot like Kaepernick. Watch watch the way he runs. He's a long strider. He's able to change direction uh, really well for a guy of that size. He can move his hips. If he can just throw it okay, they'll have a chance to make a run at a few people. So Sunday, we uh, we got the news officially uh, that T.J. Finley had won Auburn's uh, quarterback competition uh, this this offseason. Robbie Ashford and Zach Calzada transferred in uh, to try to unseat uh, T.J. To, to be Auburn's uh, new quarterback. T.J. finished last year as the starter after the injury to Bo Nix. What have you heard about the offseason T.J. is having and, and your uh, uh, your reaction to the news that he will begin the year as QB1? Yeah, well, you know, I actually let off the show with it today, kind of what it means. Uh, first off, it's the biggest decision, in my opinion, in Brian Harson's coaching career. Uh, he's going to sink or swim with whoever's playing quarterback this year. And starting off with TJ, I'm sure we'll see some improvement from last year. I mean, anytime you have a full off season, anytime you have time to build a rapport with those guys, I, I think the guys in the locker room have known for a while. Uh, we talked last week when I came on here about his clock speeding up. Another thing, if you go back and watch the tape, you know, his footwork in the pocket is something that's really got to improve. He's got to start being able to, to be lined up when he throws. He kind of relies. He has great arm strength. I mean, TJ is a huge guy, but still fundamentally to kind of make the difference on those balls, being able to fit in there or missing high and wide like he does sometimes. Fundamentally, I expect him to be better. Uh, but again, you know, a lot of it's going to be around the pieces around him. Every quarterback wants great pieces around him, but I don't think TJ is a guy that can thrive unless he has legitimate pieces around him. I don't know how much he can create for himself. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, and, and I don't think right now the, the expectation from uh, Brian Harson, Eric Keesaw is that they're putting that much on his shoulders. It's going to be, can the offensive line get a push? Can they get a running game, uh, enough where the, uh, 
uh, the 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 short high percentage type passes can work to then allow TJ to have time to try to uh, stretch the field. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to have to be a balanced attack. Uh, they're going to be in run first offense. You're going to see Auburn, I think, attack the perimeter a lot more on the run this year than they did last year. Uh, one due to personnel, and the second one that's kind of more of of Harson's flavor. If you go back and watch. Uh, his teams at Boise, they really hurt you with stretch, outside zone. Tank has unbelievable vision. So the more opportunities you give a run to hit in more places with the personnel you have up front, the better chance you have to, you, you have to be able to score. The biggest thing for me, though, is Auburn, while you do want to run to open the pass, and that is your identity, you have got to stay unpredictable on first down. I think last year they got caught a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Teams knew they were going to try and run it on first down. So Auburn, it always felt like they were in second eight, second seven and a half, or there was a penalty, and it's, it's first and 15. This is an offense. Every offense wants to stay on schedule, but this is an offense with the personnel and the style that they run, and I hate to make this comparison, but it's kind of similar to Northwestern, what we saw last week. For them to succeed, they have to stay on schedule. I don't see Auburn being able to just create explosive plays left and right. They need to get in second five. They need to be able to run play action on first down. They've got to be able to hit you where it hurts on early downs, and that'll open it up on on third downs. Nobody wants to be in third and eight and third and ten, but this offense with TJ back there, that is a deadly combination. Because, like I said, I think he's more of a guy that's great at 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 you know not coming up with his own. You know, he's not Jackson Pollock. He's going to be more of a you know color inside the lines type guy from an athleticism standpoint, moving outside of the pocket and stuff like that. And and it would be an it would be enormous for this offense if some big play threats emerged, especially in the passing game. You know, it's it's a receiver room largely full of, of guys who, you know, have, haven't tapped into the potential they had as recruits. Shedrick Jackson uh, has had a has had a long and and, and prosperous uh, Auburn career, but a lot of these guys, you know, you're still sort of talking about what they were as recruits or what they could be rather than what they've been in the Auburn passing game so far. You've been an outspoken Chick Dawson uh, uh, advocate on the on this show, he's in, at the top of the depth chart the now. He's the top of the depth chart, and Malcolm Johnson Jr. had some bona fides as, as a big play threat coming into college football too, right, Jake? Yeah, well, you know, Malcolm was really raw coming out of high school. We knew how fast he was. His biggest jump, in my opinion, was being more than a guy that just runs the vertical. He's got to be a guy that can get in and out of his breaks. He's got to be able to sink his hips and turn, make contested catches. 10 yards down the field instead of just trying to outrun a guy because he's got a ton of ability and he's got pretty good hands. Now, him and Chick Dawson are two totally different players. I mean, Mm -hmm. you look at Camden Brown, too, a guy that physically really jumps off the page. So there are some guys there that that if if you can stay in rhythm, uh, you can stay clean, can really affect people. And what I do like about this wide receiver room, and listen, I know they've said said a lot of great stuff about Shedrick Jackson. I hope he balls. But I've heard the same thing in the offseason about Shedrick Jackson for the past 13 years. Until I see it on the field, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not falling for that trap again. Uh, But there are some guys, especially when you get in the red zone, that can go up and turn a 50-50 ball into a 70-30 ball, and that's your best friend as a quarterback. Talking with Jake Crane uh, here on the Tuesday Drive. Jake, it's great to look at the... Uh, schedule and see so many games and, and a few of them look like they could be interesting. Probably going to be a game or two that we don't expect to be interesting that is and maybe and, and you know one or two we think is going to be interesting is not. But which ones jump out at you of the uh, matchups involving conference teams this weekend? 
You know, I, I don't think Notre Dame has a great shot at Ohio State, especially after Ohio State losing earlier in the year to Oregon. I think Oregon will play Georgia a little bit better than what people think. Man, it's like somebody kidnapped the president's son out here. There's just fire trucks and cops oh, going man. everywhere. Uh, sorry about that. But, um, you know, a couple other games that stand out to me, Utah and Florida is going to be unbelievably interesting. Playing early in the year, it's going to be humid and muggy down there. I think Florida's actually a pretty good chance to win because sometimes the unknown can help you out. Uh, looking at Billy Napier, you really don't know what he's going to do with AR-15, what he's going to do at Florida, how similar that transition will be from Lafayette. Uh, with what he did with the Levi kid, a quarterback there that was so effective. Some other ones just looking around, you know, the Thursday night slate is fantastic. Purdue's a team that I'm really high on. They're a dog to Penn State at home right now. Uh, I, I picked that one today as my most likely upset. Wow. Aiden O'Connell coming back with Jeff Brom. Uh, they returned most of their offensive line. This was an offense that was very explosive last year. They're veteran on defense up front. I don't believe in Sean Clifford as much as a lot of other people do at Penn State. Jahan Dotson's not there anymore, which is good. So that means Auburn doesn't have to attempt to cover him this year, unlike last year where he's just running like the girl from Sound of Music up in the mountains and the flowers wide open. Uh, but I think that one's going to be interesting. We get the backyard brawl back as well. And then, you know, I, I kind of want to see uh, how some of these other SEC teams operate. Obviously, Bama's going to destroy uh, Utah State. I oh, yeah. Utah State has a chance. Uh, but just seeing, you know, Arkansas-Cincinnati. I think Arkansas actually wins that big, but I'm really high on Arkansas uh, this year as well. And then Haynes King from Texas A&M, a guy we didn't get to see a lot of last year. I know it's Sam Houston State, but I want to see how he's developed as a passer. So there's some great games. There's some great slates. I mean, North Carolina, it's almost a pick em with App State right now. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Jake, I think, I think Georgia State could give South Carolina – a, a pretty interesting hey, football game on Saturday I'm night. Sean, Sean, El- a Sean Elliott, a South Carolina graduate, former South Carolina interim head coach. Uh, and I, I mean, he, he was there for, for a decade plus. Georgia State was uh, was ready to play at an SEC stadium last year. Yep. Uh, when, yeah, Auburn, when they, Auburn fans can attest when, to that. When they came to Auburn and South Carolina, I mean, I, I just think that's uh, uh, they, they better be sharp or, or Georgia State will come in there and that will be a game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's not going to be just a walk in the park. Uh, you know, Georgia State, back when we played them, you know, we always talked about with where they're at, with the resources they have. I mean, that they could really be a problem coming up. And they've turned into that. Coach Elliott's done a really good job. I'm interested to see what Spencer Rattler does, man, especially mm-hmm. if it doesn't go good early. He's got a lot of front runner in him, and I'm seeing that that has kind of worked its way out. You could really tell at Oklahoma when it started going bad. I mean, he folded like me with a bad hand in poker. So uh, I want to see how Rattler comes out early. And uh, and and I'm interested to see. I mean, there's so many people that are just uh, expecting uh, the the Ole Miss offense to not skip a beat after last year. Uh, Troy's not going in there to uh, to just to just lay down. No, there's some teams in the Sun Belt that are going around trying to cause some problems. Uh, you know, uh, Ole Miss with Jackson Dart. I, I, I'm not. I don't think they'll be what they were offensively last year. What I'm interested to see is defensively. I mean, DJ Durkin goes to A&M to replace Mike Elko. He did a really good job with a roster that was depleted. Losing Sam Williams at defensive end is a big loss. I mean, I see him out there balling for the Cowboys right now in the preseason. He was really the guy that everybody else fed off of. I think he hid a lot of things last year because he would speed up the play, keep Ole Miss in game. So if they're not able to replace that on the edge and that quarterback can just sit back there and read a Harry Potter book, 
it could get really interesting in Oxford because Troy is not afraid. I can promise you that. Yeah, yeah John, John Sumrall is is saying all the right things all off season coming in from Kentucky as the new uh, as the new Troy coach, and uh, and I don't know. I feel like you would have probably crossed paths with Joe Craddock at some point. Jake, but but you know the uh, the for, former UAB uh, OC. I mean, a guy who he was Middle Tennessee's quarterback uh, a, a decade and a half ago. But but he's he's Troy's new OC, and, and jo- Joe Craddock is sharp. Like I I, I really think Troy uh, went out and, and and brought in some impressive coaches this off season, and maybe it won't bear fruit immediately. Uh, going going to Ole Miss will be tough. Uh, they they just added. Uh, uh, they just added Jarrett Doge to the the quarterback uh, room as well. Mm-hmm. After uh, you know, the, the, uh, speaking of, you made the joke about Shedrick playing thirteen years of college football. Jarrett Doge has been around a very long time in the uh, in, in the sport and still has a year of eligibility left. But no, I, I think Troy. Uh, I, I don't think it'll, it'll be long before, before Troy's a uh, you know right 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 in the thick of the, the Sun Belt mix. No, without a doubt, and with the tradition that Troy has, I mean, players know know where Troy is. They know what Troy's about. And speaking about Coach Craddock, man, if you're not up on your formations and you start getting out leveraged, he is going to find your weak spot. And he's one of those guys where he doesn't stop in the name of just stopping to find balance. Once he finds it, he's going to keep going after it until you either make an adjustment or you say uncle. Uh, before we wrap things up, Jake, I mean, uh, Auburn obviously a prohibitive favorite this week again, uh, this weekend against Mercer, a team that put up great numbers last week. But we were talking about it a little earlier. What are you looking for uh, from Auburn, what you know? What do they need to be able to do this weekend to feel like okay, that's a good start? I want to see how clean they can play, and and I, I don't mean that just in the general sense of of not getting penalties. I want to see how many times they have to run an extra guy on for punt. I want to see if guys are staying in bounds when they're supposed to stay in bounds. I want to see if guys are making smart football plays. That includes T.J. Finley throwing the ball away, going through his reads protecting the ball, being being able to be effective on special teams while mixing it up. That's how you win games. And then, even though it's Mercer and you may not have to make a ton of adjustments, are you making the right adjustments going into the mm-hmm. second half? That's something Auburn struggled with last year. Just look at Nebraska right now. They go play Northwestern, make absolutely no adjustments in the second half. They stay in zone coverage. They stay rushing four. Northwestern the first half, Tried to heat up Casey Thompson a lot from depth. They aren't fast enough and athletic enough to affect you from depth. So what do they do? They scoot the guys up to the line, mix up their blitzes, and you started getting to Casey Thompson and you threw him off his rhythm. So I want to see the adjustments that Auburn makes, even even if they may be as minute as possible against Mercer. Great stuff as always, Jake. We really appreciate you spending a little time with us. Let everybody know what's going on with Crane and Company now at your new time and uh, what what we can uh, be looking forward to. Yeah, man, we talked a lot of Auburn today. Going to keep talking it uh, as long as college football season goes. We're live from 6.30 to 8 central in the morning. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at C-R-A-I-N and Company. Uh, yeah, have some great guests, man. Really excited. We're talking some Auburn, Nebraska tomorrow. Uh, Tom Luganville's coming on. We're talking some national landscape and, and previewing Thursday's game. Like I said, it's a great slate, really Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. And also, watch that Oklahoma State game a little bit, guys, against Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. That one can be a little bit weird. Central Michigan always has a couple guys that can make it interesting. So, uh, yeah, come check us out. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff as well. Looking forward to it, Jake. Thanks again, man. Have a great weekend. Anytime, guys. Enjoy your football this weekend. Uh, we're we're going to do our best. Jake Crane joining us as he does every Tuesday, and we really appreciate him spending a little time with us. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon.
Come on in and join us here in the final segment of the Tuesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Final segment of the Tuesday Drive. Yep, uh, fun show. Our thanks to Jake Crane for joining us. So, Jake and Barrett obviously have... Very differing thoughts on that Utah-Florida game. Yeah. I mean, Barrett likes Utah maybe big, and Jake may like Florida straight up. I sort of lean toward Utah. I mean, I know, yes, they're coming down the humidity. I mean, how many times have we heard that, though? And how many times does it actually look like, oh, yeah, that team really wilted in the southern humidity? Well, Good teams generally Play well, regardless of the conditions. Yeah, and it's a 6 p.m. game, so you'd think it'd be a little bit easier right. for Utah to manage in the conditions, you know, under the lights at Ben Hill Gainesville can be. I mean, it ain't called a swamp just because of the the, the humidity. Projected, I mean, uh, It's projected to be 80 and humid yeah. at, at, at kickoff and, you know, on, on, uh, under the lights. I don't know if it's the... It's con- probably not much different than here. I mean, it's going to be about probably 80 and humid for a kickoff here. I think people forget that Utah was... Pretty good last year, too. They I were mean, they, pretty good. They, yes, they, stomped, they, they stomped Oregon in the Pac-12 championship yeah. game, and everybody thought they were dead meat. They were going to be absolutely destroyed. Against Ohio Remember? State. Everybody oh, yeah. thought they what were. A, what a best bowl game. That was, that, was, that was maybe the most memorable and most exciting bowl game of the bunch from this, from mm-hmm. this past, uh, uh, from, from this past slate. They got, of, they got a few guys back from that they, team. They got, they got a few guys back, and, and I think Kyle Whittingham, you know, he's, he's one of those guys. He's like the new Frank Beamer in that. Every time there's a vacancy, you know, you think, hey, you know, a, yep. a program could snap him up and they'd do pretty well if, mm-hmm. if they brought him into the fold. But maybe he's just going to be, he's been, I mean, he replaced Urban Meyer at, at Utah. Kyle Whittingham's been there since, I mean, what was Urban's last year? 03? 04? It was the old four season. Yeah, so because yeah, they had a great year, there. and then he left, and then he went to Florida, they were the fourth unbeaten team, and, yeah. and then he left Utah and went to Florida, where they're, you mm-hmm. know their opponent on on Saturday. But Kyle Whittingham is, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's he's been at Utah coming up on twenty years, and all he's done is have a highly competitive team every and, single year, every single, even moving into the Pac twelve. He's the yeah. West Coast Kirk Ferentz, right? It just seems like every, every single with a with a with better a, winning percentage, with a better. Yeah. Than Kirk. yeah, Kirk Ferentz has the down years that, that Kyle Whittingham doesn't have maybe mm-hmm. as as well. But I do think there's similarities in that. And it also, with both of them, it's not it's not built on the backs of out-recruiting everybody in the conference. It's finding the guys that fit their system and, you know, figuring out, developing them into, into impact players. And now I, I just, I have a lot of respect for Kyle Whittingham, and I'm very nervous about how this first year is going to go for Billy Napier in the University of Florida. I, I just wonder if, you know, if, if we're going to see... Here's what I'm wondering, Bill. What we saw with Brian Harson last year in the age of the transfer portal mm-hmm. and college football players wanting to keep their options open and head coaches being such a big part of the recruiting process and being such a big part of the reason kids pick schools in the first place, I wonder if what happened to Brian Harson last year could become slightly more commonplace around mm-hmm. college football. A little, a little more, although Napier's not moving cross-country. No. He's more familiar with, with those. He brought some of his players. But what him. I mean is tumultuous first years. Yeah, oh at, yeah. At, at big-time programs. I wonder if you could see, maybe not everywhere, but you could see some coaches who, boy, it's a real, 
it's a real clash between what this coach wants the team to be and the roster he inherited from the previous guy. And I wonder if Florida could could, could be an example of that this year. Yeah, it could. Tomorrow, Jason Caldwell will be with us early on. Hey, we'll be on the eve of a couple of SEC games. We haven't really talked. There are two SEC games Thursday night as well. Uh, so should be another fun show. Again, our thanks to Barrett Salid, Jake Crane, and all our listeners and callers today. But, yeah, Jason will be with us at the outset tomorrow. Hope you'll join us as well. That's going to do it for the Tuesday Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.